0: So, to begin our message, I want to ask you, what do you think it takes to make a difference? So, you might think about something that is a huge challenge around us. So, it could be something that's happening locally, it could be something that's happening nationally, it could be something that's happening at a global level. But when you think about what it takes to actually make a difference and to cause change to happen, what comes to mind for you? For me, I feel a little bit overwhelmed about the enormity of what it looks like to exert change in a whole different uh, range of places. And I feel particularly that I need to have super something in order to be able to really make a difference. So it may be that I feel like I need to be super talented. If I could just be a little bit better at what I do, then I could really make a difference. Or I wish that I was super rich. I just had more resources, then I could make a really big difference. Or I wish that I was super influential, I just had more followers on social media, then I could really make a difference in the world. Or I wish that I was super powerful, kind of like a superhero. I wish that I did have the ability to just exert change and make things happen differently. I think for a lot of us, when we think about what it means to make a difference in our world, we feel like we need to have those things in order. And you might feel the same way. If I could just get a little bit better at this, then maybe I could make a difference. If I just had access to more of this, if I was just a bit more influential, if I just had a bigger platform, if I just had a bit more power, then I could make a difference. Today, we're wrapping up our kickoff series, which we've been talking about over the last three weeks to focus on some of the things that I think are most important uh, for us to keep front and center as we move into this year. Two weeks ago, we talked about the importance of putting Jesus first in everything, to say unapologetically this year, our focus is going to be on what it looks like for us to remind ourselves that we need to stay connected to Jesus and that we receive everything that we need from him. Last week, we talked about how it's important for us to recognize that it's not just something that we do on our own, though. It's something that we do together and that we need smaller circles of relationships where we can journey together so that we can have the real, intentional, authentic conversations that we need to have as we grow in our relationship with Jesus. And today, I want to finish uh, kind of our kickoff series by talking about what it looks like for us uh, to reach beyond ourselves, to recognize that we're not just here for us, We are here so that we can make a difference in the world around us. But I hope that you're going to feel encouraged by this because there is a sense of freedom that comes from recognising that it's not about what we can do. which so often is where we end up landing. If I just had enough of this, I could make a difference. But actually our focus is on what God is already doing and being able to tap into that and be able to draw attention to that is where we can really have an impact beyond where we're at. So the passage that we're going to look at is from Matthew chapter 5. So if you've got your Bible with you, you can open up to Matthew 5. If you've got a notebook or a journal, you can grab that out. Uh, or if you're using the Bible app, then uh, you can go bottom right corner and go to more and then events and uh, open up and our teaching notes are there. Uh, so Matthew chapter 5. And while we are getting that organized, I just want to let you know that uh, this week is the beginning of Lent. So Lent is the season leading up to Easter and it starts on Wednesday. And this is a time of us being able to prepare ourselves for what Easter represents, to prepare ourselves for what it looks like to reflect and remember Jesus' sacrifice for us, uh, but also to celebrate well what Jesus' resurrection means too. And so we're starting a new series next week, which is called The Way of Jesus, where we're going to spend some time looking at some of the snapshots that we find in the book of Luke of Jesus' journey to the cross. But as we do that, we're going to explore some different practices that we see Jesus teaching us to embrace. And so as we talk about the way of Jesus, we're going to focus on things like the way of worship, the way of prayer, the way of compassion, forgiveness, surrender, and some other bits and pieces. And so we're going to uh, use some creative elements to be able to explore that each week and uh, be able to talk about, this is what Jesus went through, but this is what it looks like for us to embrace that. And then we're going to have some things for you to be able to reflect on throughout the week as well. So I do want to give you a heads up that there is a decent chance next week is going to be very different to a normal gathering for us. As we explore the way of worship, we want to stretch ourselves quite a bit to recognize that worship is far more than just singing some songs. And so uh, just come with an expectation that that may be something that you experience when you come next week. So Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 13 to 16, and I'm going to read from uh, the message translation of this because I think that there's some very, very helpful language for us in this. So Jesus said, let me tell you why you are here, which is a really great place to start. Thank you, Jesus, for telling us why we're here. That's very, very helpful. So let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning, That brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I really love these pictures that Jesus gives us of what it looks like for us to be people who make a difference in the world around us. And there is a very, very important point of emphasis about what Jesus says in these verses. And that is that our focus is on bringing out what God is already doing. Our focus is on bringing out what God is already doing. I don't know about you, but that to me just relieves a whole bunch of pressure. The sense that we're the ones who feel like we have to initiate things, that we're the ones who have to create things from scratch. I've been around the traps for a while, and I've been in a number of different churches and a number of different ministries, and I don't know whether you've ever heard language along these lines as well, that it's our responsibility to bring God into the schools, or to bring God back into the schools, or to bring God into our workplaces, or to bring God into our neighbourhoods. There can be this subtle messaging that it's our responsibility to bring God into all of these secular spaces. And it's interesting, theology Because we believe that God is everywhere. So I'm pretty sure God's already in all of those places. It's not our responsibility to somehow like coax him. Come on, God, come with us. Come and join us in all these different places. God is already there. And I want you to actually think specifically about this in the spaces that you spend a lot of time in. To recognize like intentionally that God is there. So think about your home, the space that you live in. God is there 100% of the time. Think about the homes around you, your neighbours, the street that you live on. God is there at work in those homes right now and all of the time. Think about what you do during the week. So think about your workplace or your school or your uni campus. God is at work and present in all of those places all of the time. Think about the places that you hang out, cafes, pubs, parks, the beach. God is present and at work in all of those places all of the time. To me, that is incredibly freeing and incredibly liberating because it's not my responsibility any of the time to try and bring God into those spaces but simply to recognize God's already there. That's pretty great. But it doesn't mean that we have no responsibility whatsoever, and that's what Jesus brings out in these verses. Our role is not to do nothing, but our role is to draw attention to what God is already doing. And so Jesus gives us these two really, really helpful pictures to hold on to that, salt and light. And so we'll start with salt. I, uh, over the last couple of years, have got more and more passionate about cooking good steaks. I love cooking a good steak. And so my apologies in advance to those of you who are vegetarian or vegan. You can interpret everything I'm about to say through the lens of vegetables. It's totally fine. It works the same way. And I hope no one's offended, but I love a good steak and have loved the process. So I will admit that a few years ago, I thought the process of cooking a steak was that you took it out of the fridge and you cooked it. And then it was great. (laughs) And then I discovered, no, actually there's a fairly good process that you can go through of taking it out and allowing it to come to room temperature but then to drizzle some oil on it and then sprinkle a whole bunch of salt all over it and rub the salt in and then give it some time to be able to do its work and then be able to cook it for much less time than most people cook steaks. And then you have this delicious, really, really juicy steak. And it's something that I love doing now. I often have personal retreats throughout the year, and sometimes I make those overnight retreats. And uh, when I do, that's often one of the things that I'll do, is buy a nice piece of steak and some nice veggies and cook that. It was very, very satisfying. Often when we're away on holidays, it's one of the things that we'll do as well. My mouth is watering just thinking about all of this just this awesome process. But it's amazing what a difference this salt can make in bringing out the flavor that's already there in the steak or in the vegetables, if you would prefer to think about it through that lens. But it's somewhat counterintuitive because when you start this process out, you think, well, just put a little tiny bit of salt on there because like, you don't want to overwhelm it. I don't want a, sol- a steak that tastes all salty. I want a steak that tastes like steak. And uh, we're also very big fans of MasterChef, And it's always fascinating with these people who are exploring what it means to get better at being chefs, how often every single season there's at least one person, and normally multiple people, who are challenged about putting more salt on their food. This comes through consistently from the judges. You need to put more salt on the food. But there is this point where it tips over, where if you do use too much salt, then the food ends up just tasting like salt instead of the food that is supposed to be there. And so it's interesting to think about that dynamic in what Jesus is saying to us about being salt seasoning that is here to bring out the God flavors in the world around us. There's an element where if we don't do that enough, then the flavor doesn't come through as much as it could. But if we do go too far, then things become a little bit salty. And I'm sure many of us have met salty Christians (laughs) and have not necessarily been encouraged by them not great when we start to draw attention to ourselves or make it all about us instead of it being all about Jesus. The role of salt is to bring out or enhance or draw attention to the flavors that are already there. And Jesus says that that's our responsibility as people who follow him, is to bring out the God flavors in the world around us. To think about where God flavors are apparent in the culture around us, in the movies that are being released, in the shows that are around, in music, in art, in relational connections, in the actions that we see people doing. To be able to see those who are making a difference and say, that's God-flavored. That tastes amazing. That's incredible. That's what it means for us to be salt. But Jesus also gives us this image of light. And so light, we understand, helps us to be able to see things clearly and to see what's already there. And again, the purpose of light is not to draw attention to itself. Someone shining a light in your eyes is not a pleasant experience. It's painful and it's annoying. But when we think about gallery lighting, the role of the lighting is actually to not draw attention to itself at all, but to be so subtle that it actually draws out the colours and what's happening in the art that's there. Another way of being able to think about this might be to think about a great old movie, The Wizard of Oz. It starts out in black and white and everything's dreary and grey and awful. But then when Dorothy wakes up in Oz, this sense of all of these vibrant colours and when it first kicks in, it's almost overwhelming because there's so much colour that comes out. Jesus says that our role is also to bring out the God colours. Again, to see where God is already at work. The things that God is bringing to life. Maybe the things that people aren't seeing as clearly as they could, not seeing them as beautiful as they are. Maybe seeing things as a bit kind of gray and dulled when there's so much more vivid going on behind the scenes. Being able to draw attention and say, have you seen how awesome that looks? Jesus says that's our role, to bring out the God flavors and the God colors in the world around us. And so to me, this shifts from it being an obligation that it's our responsibility to go and convince people about Jesus to saying, what it means to be a Jesus follower is to search the world around us for the Jesus flavors and the Jesus colors that are present all of the time. And when I was thinking about that this week, I was almost thinking about a little kid going on a treasure hunt, this kind of sense of like walking around and finding all of these hidden treasures, all of these amazing, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? That's a bit of what our journey with Jesus should be like, where we're just captivated by the reality of the flavours and the colours that are all around us. So I'd love to pause and give you a moment to see whether there's something that you have encountered, even in this last week or these last couple of weeks, where you would say, I was kind of Jesus-flavoured or I was kind of Jesus-coloured. Is there a movie that you've watched? Is there a show that you've watched? Is there a song that you're listening to? Is there a book that you've read? Is there an action that you've seen someone doing that you would say, it kind of tastes like Jesus, or that kind of looks coloured like Jesus? Which I want to stop and give you an opportunity. Is there something that you can think of in the last couple of weeks where you would say, yeah, that was there. I didn't even really notice it, but now that I think about it, I can see Jesus was very, very present in that moment. Take a moment and see whether there's something you can think of. This is a really beautiful and powerful picture of what it's like for us to look at things through the lens of what it means that Jesus has come to bring the kingdom, God's way of life, to us. We talk about Jesus as King Jesus regularly because we want to remind ourselves that Jesus has come to establish the kingdom, to establish God's way of life, to set up the kingdom. Jesus makes it very clear that that kingdom is here, that kingdom is near, that kingdom is all around us. That kingdom is within us. But the pictures that Jesus gives us in so many of his parables are these kind of subtle, small things that we have to look for, that we have to search for, There's the sense that when we find them, so filled with joy because it's so amazing when we actually encounter them. And to me, this is so different to what we often talk about when we focus on words like outreach. Or community engagement or mission. Because often when we use those words, a lot of us feel this sense of a weight of expectation or pressure or responsibility. That again, it's our role to get something up and going, try and create something that we can do where we can have an impact, or to convince people of a set of truths. And if they just would believe those things, then everything would be great. And I need to be honest and say that even as I've stepped into this role here at Richmond, There's a sense where I've felt this sense of pressure too. And this isn't because anyone's put that pressure on me. It's because of internal pressure that I've felt. We've had so many great community connections over the years at Richmond that it is something that's baked into our DNA. And so if I'm not careful, I can subtly feel this same sense of responsibility and pressure. It's my responsibility to go out into the community and to meet some people that we might have something in common with And then to be able to say, well, here's a partnership. And so now have the opportunity to be able to start something up and then church gravity kicks in, which we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, where all of a sudden we build a program around that and say, you're invited to come and join us in the program that we're doing. I often feel this sense of pressure. That's what it means for us to be a community-oriented church or a church that's making a difference. All we can feel like our role is to have some catchy way of being able to talk about the message of Jesus. If we can just get the formula right, then we can say the right magic words and that will convince Jesus, well, obviously I want to follow Jesus, and then we can say, job done, great. I wonder what would change for us if our focus shifted away from those things and feeling the pressure of those things to say my role as someone who's following Jesus is simply to look that Jesus' kingdom values all around me every single day of the week and then to open up conversations about why we're passionate about the same things. say my responsibility is actually just to have great conversations with the people that I'm neighbours with, the people that I'm friends with, the people in my extended families, about the books that we're reading, about the movies that we're watching, about the things that we're listening to. For those of us who are already a part of community groups, recognizing that there are values that are present in those community groups whether that's play groups or sporting clubs or bands sorts of different connections that we've got that people belong to those things because they want a sense of belonging they want a sense of connection they want a sense of playfulness and joy those are things that seem like they're kind of jesus flavored and jesus colored to me so I want to give you an opportunity to just reflect on what one area is in your life, one connection that you've got, where you can maybe sense God colours or God flavours around you. And whereas you head into this week and the next couple of weeks, you maybe feel like there's an opportunity to be salt and light, to be able to bring those things out. It could be in your workplace. As you think about going to work this week and through the next couple of weeks, whether you're a teacher or a nurse or a manager or a leader or in any sort of industry where you've got an opportunity to be able to connect with people. A lot of you are in the roles that you're in in your workplaces because you believe in what you're doing and the Jesus impact that you can have because of what you're doing there. That's a great thing. So maybe for you that might be the connection. Where's the opportunity for me to have conversations about the Jesus flavours and the Jesus colours, about why I'm in the workplace that I'm in And the other people are as well. As you think about your friends at school and the connections that you've got there, uni's about to start up. So, as you think about heading back to uni and the connections that you've got there, what are the conversations that you can have about God flavours and God colours? As you think about your family, what are the conversations that you can have through this week with the people that you're connected with? As you think about your neighbours, Is there someone who you've been having conversations with where you recognize, huh, it's a really great opportunity to talk about God flavors and God colors in this thing that we've both been talking about together? I want to encourage you to jot something down. If there's one connection, one person, one set of circumstances or even one theme that you're aware of, is there an opportunity as you head into this week or next week to be able to think about what it means to intentionally be salt or light in that context? If there is, jot something down, and if there's not, I would encourage you to pray with open eyes, open ears, and an open mind about what that might look like this week. As we head into this year, a part of what our focus is going to be, and a part of what I do feel like is a healthy thing for us uh, to be working on together, is more resources that help us to explore what this means to be able to give you some great questions to be able to wrestle with about where God is already at work around you, questions to be able to grow in our curiosity about the people around us and about the culture around us, questions that enable us to be able to take conversations deeper than just the surface-level conversations that we so often happen. I'd I'd love to see ourselves developing a whole bunch of resources in that area that we can use right across our community. So I want to pull together the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks as these things that I've said I feel like are our key priorities this year. We started by recognizing that we're here to connect with Jesus like branches on a vine. That's our main focus and our main priority as a church is to stay connected to Jesus and to receive everything that we need from him. And the language that we talked about with that was the idea of an apprenticeship, thinking about an apprentice chef as an example The reality that the only way for us to continue to grow in the way that Jesus wants us to grow is by putting things into practice, by making mistakes, by learning as we go. That's what discipleship looks like, is apprenticeship. It's interesting that this relates back to what Jesus says about salt and light, that salt is no good if it's not playing the role of salt, Jesus says. We might say salt is no good if it just sits on the shelf in the salt shaker. It doesn't actually get sprinkled on the food. It's not going to do anything. Jesus also says that light is no good if it's hidden under a bucket. Now, I don't know when the last time was that you thought about putting a bucket over a light, but we do know what it means to turn a light off. And we know that a light is basically useless unless it's turned on. We need to put things into practice, Jesus tells us. But we don't do that on our own. We are created to do this in community, together, to love each other the way that Jesus loves us, to support each other, to encourage each other, to challenge each other, and to inspire each other. And so we talked last week about that's why our gospel groups matter so much, that we need to be journeying together and having the intentional conversations about what it means for us to move forward in our apprenticeships journeys. But there's an element where this also taps into what Jesus is saying today about us being salt and light for each other. A part of the opportunity that we have as we journey with each other is to be able to draw out the God flavors and the God colors that are happening in each other's lives. Recognize that we can say, did you know that God was at work in that? I can see God in what you're doing, in that thing that you're passionate about, in that reason that you're frustrated about that thing or in the way in which you made a difference. As we embrace that more and more and as we live that out more and more, It's just inevitable that we're going to be more conscious and more aware of all the places that God is at work around us. We feel more and more equipped to be able to sprinkle a bit of salt here, to be able to shine a light there, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to bring out the flavours and the colours in the world around us. It's a good reminder that that's not just our personal responsibility, that we get to do that collectively, that we together are also salt and light. Melinda, last week, we were talking about the idea of recognizing that we so often read the word you as you individually, but in actual fact, most of the time when Jesus says you, he says you collectively, uh, that there is a version of the Bible that's been developed called the plain English Bible that's been developed especially for our indigenous brothers and sisters. And uh, one of the ways that that is then interpreted is you mob our salt and light, which I think is a really helpful way for us to be able to think about it as well that it's not just you are salt and light, you are salt and light, you are salt and light, but you mob are salt and light. We are salt and light collectively together. And So my desire is that as a church this year, our focus can be on providing resources and the right environment for us to be able to come closer to Jesus together, to respond to what he's doing and to step out into being salt and light. And then we get to share all of these awesome stories and celebrate all of these great things that we see happening all around us week by week. It's always so encouraging to hear the stories of where we see God colors and God flavors coming alive, both in our relationships and our connections with each other, but even more as we start to see those things in the neighborhoods around us. And so that is my hope and my dream for us this year that it is all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about us as a church and what we can do as Richmond. It is about Jesus, recognizing that he is at work everywhere. And so our role is to draw attention to that, to receive what we need from him. Not to fall into the trap of us doing that individually, but to be able to do that collectively as well. And as we do, to be able to see these glorious God colours, these glorious God flavours that are all around us, and almost not being able to help ourselves but to point that out. Did you see that? Did you taste that? How amazing is all of that? I hope that you're excited about what it can look like for us to be a community that focuses on those things together and sees God do something extraordinary through us that we could not possibly do on our own. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that it is all about you, that ultimately we're here because of you, we're here for you. And we are so grateful that you don't lay these huge expectations on us and these huge pressures and burdens on us to do something that we don't have the capacity to do. In actual fact, you free us up from it being all about us, to being all about you. We're so grateful for the sense of release and the sense of freedom that that gives us. And we pray that as we move into this year, that as we continue to focus on you above everything else, that as we continue to stretch ourselves about what it looks like for us to be a family, not just a group of individuals, but a group who do actually move forward together together, who equip each other, who inspire each other, who challenge each other, that you would amaze us, that you would draw attention to this incredible reality that you are at work all around us and that you extend an invitation to us to be able to come and join you in the work that you're already doing. We pray that you would stretch our imaginations to much bigger than what we often think of of what it looks like for us to make a difference or what it looks like for us to be a church that is doing outreach or forming connections in our community. you would open our minds to this incredible reality of the vivid nature of the colours that you are painting all around us, the unbelievable flavours that are present in the world around us. And that you would help us as people who are tuning in to some of what you're doing in our lives to be able to help others to see that as well. You would equip us with great questions That you would equip equip us with great opportunities to be able to journey with people and to be able to help them see the work that you are doing in their lives as much as we see that in what you're doing in our lives. As we move into this year, our desire is simply, Jesus, that we would do only what you want us to do, that we would do no less than that, but also that we would not try and do more than that you would give us a clear sense of what it is that you're calling us to do in this season, in this place, in this time. And help us to move forward into that with a sense of excitement and a sense of enthusiasm about who you are and what you can do. In your name we pray. Amen.